Welcome to Join Your Circus. I'm your host, Sabrina Irvin, and I am so glad that you're joining me today. So today's episode is an interesting one. I am going to be chatting about the highs and lows of four kids. Now, if you've been around the podcast for a while, you should know by now that I have four kids. And if you're new here, well, you I'm so glad you're joining me for one. And for two, you picked a fantastic spot to jump into my chaos. So I frequently get asked questions about our family size, whether this was planned or not. Now, if you ask my husband today, he would say four kids wasn't his idea. But when I look back on those silly, you know, those questionnaires that that the groom fills out for these, how well do you know the groom games that you play at like bridal showers? So he filled one of those out and we had to play that game at my bridal shower. And he said he wanted three or four kids. And I actually have the printed copy to show that this was an, initially his idea, just so you know. So he does joke daily about our chaos saying, you know, is it too late to tell you that I really don't want kids? Hmm. Yep, buddy, that ship has left the dock so many years ago. So here we are. Did we plan on four kids? The simple answer is no. We had three kids and I think we both, we both felt we were done. Like we, we had those conversations and, you know, I went through the stages during pregnancy where it was, you know, this is my last ultrasound. This is my last time I'm going to feel a baby kick. All of these things that you go through when you you feel like you're done. So I went through all of those emotions and, you know, I had that with three and then, you know, life is funny and I was on birth control, but we hadn't done anything permanent yet. Lo and behold, we were one of those stories you hear about where the couple thought they were done and then comes a surprise. (laughs) And our surprise goes by the name Georgia Lily Ray. (laughs) Georgia just celebrated her second birthday. And while she was a surprise, I thank God daily for her and her presence in our lives. She has shaped our family in so many ways And I will forever be grateful that God, you know, had other plans for us. While we love our family more than anything, there are definitely challenges with a large family. And I say large because that's by today's standards. If we were in the 1920s, this would be a small family. Everything's just relative to the time. You know, I want to dig into the highs and the lows of a family of four kids just to give you a little bit of a glimpse into our world and some of the daily things that we deal with. So let's just talk about some of the highs. So first off, before I start this list, I want to let you know that there are far more lows on this list, but that doesn't mean there's far more negatives because a lot of the highs that are on my list, they mean a lot more. So the list may be shorter, but the quality of the highs is more substantial, if that makes sense. Stick with me. So the first thing that I I always like to note is that the kids always have someone to play with. So yes, they fight like any other siblings, obviously, but they have this sibling bond like none other. They have this kind of built-in friends for life mentality, especially because our kids are fairly close in age. There's always lots of cuddles, always someone who wants to snuggle during movies. This can also be a negative for a few reasons. So, you know, sometimes they're fighting over who gets to sit with mom or dad. There's not enough space. And sometimes the personal space issue 
is a lot because it's very limited when you have a family of six. So here I am as a mom and four kids, someone always wants to be touching you or close to you. And then your husband wants to be close to you. So personal space is very limited in this capacity, but there's lots of cuddles. So you weigh that. We're always celebrating something. So with four kids, four kids' birthday celebrations, we are always planning a fun event. So this also could fall into a low or a con of four kids because parties are expensive and events. But you have on the flip side, there there are definitely ways to get creative with birthday parties to save money and to be cost effective. And you know, fairly early on, we set a boundary with parties so that we would set ourselves up for success. We allow our kids to have a friend birthday party every second year. So we t- we have a family party on the opposite year. So a simple party at home, a COVID-19 party, if you will, um, at home, and a bigger party on the odd year. So some of these parties that we've had, you know, with and they're not even that crazy. Like, you know, the bouncy houses or the climbing places can easily run you four to five hundred dollars after you buy your kid a gift. And I'm sorry, but times four is not that I can't do that every year, especially when you throw in Christmas and Easter and Valentine's and whatever else we need to celebrate. (laughs) So, you know, but at the same time, like I've been thinking about these COVID birthday celebrations and how much more enjoyable it was for moms to have these simple parties where you you make cupcakes at home instead of spending how much money on buying cupcakes somewhere. The party was simple. It was, you know, the kids still enjoyed it. I just, part of me feels like it would be nice to get back to those simple birthday parties that don't put us into the poor house and that don't stress us out and give us all this party anxiety about which kids are going to come and which kids are not going to come and who's going to show up without RSVPing and who's not going to have a treat bag. So I don't know. That's just my take on it. The COVID-19 birthday parties, not the end of the world. I kind of like it. So I kind of spun that into a negative side of celebrations, but I do enjoy that we eat cake frequently. My waist might not, but I do. Um, And the celebrations, they bring along positive, happy memories for the kids. And, you know, they get excited for weeks before their birthday. So there's this, you know, build up to these events that we have. I always say with four kids, one of them is bound to like me later in life. I have pretty good chances, you guys. I don't think I'm going to piss them all off. I think one of them is going to like me. We laugh a lot. You can't not laugh a lot when you have four kids. So especially right now, like our kids are causing us so much trouble. And I don't mean just like, oh, they're into things. My daughter Lennox and my daughter Scarlett, if you follow along on my Instagram page, you may be familiar with some of what I'm talking about. So today, let's just back up to what today held. One of those two, which they haven't admitted which one it was yet, um, put a spoon into the toaster and it was in there in such a way like I couldn't really see it was there. So when I went to make toaster waffles for them today, I got the shock of a lifetime and, you know, I was trying to figure out what was wrong with my toaster. I couldn't see this spoon in there. But I thought I was going to die. Like I got shocked by this toaster and it was awful. I've never had an electric shock that powerful before. So it's stuff like that. And then it's just like my daughter Lennox took food from the pantry this morning and she opened up boxes of stuffing in her room. And she has accidents in her room and she's, you know, putting toothpaste in the bathtub and soap all over the floor. And like it's just constant. 
But I must say, I love my husband for the fact that he helps me laugh through so many of these unfortunate, ridiculous pranks and attitudes and things we deal with on a daily basis in a house with four kids. So we laugh a lot. We have to. That's the only way that we survive some of the chaos. So another one of the highs, which is an interesting one, people view you as a superhero. Now, let me elaborate on this. Do you know how many of my friends say, oh, she's a superwoman. She does it all. You have four kids. I have no idea how you do it. And they put you on this sense of a pedestal. And I mean, the praise is nice. Let's be honest. All of us appreciate positivity and praise and being, you know, doted on. But I don't in any way, shape or form think that this is accurate. And here's why. All moms are superheroes. It doesn't matter if you have 10 kids or one kid. Behind closed doors, we all face struggles. We all face problems and we all struggle with one thing or another. And, you know, just because my neighbor has two kids and I have four kids, it doesn't make me a superhero any more than it does she. Comparison is a killer when it comes to looking at moms. Moms have the most difficult job in the entire world. Honestly, being a mom is so hard. It's emotionally draining. It's physically draining. It's There's just so many things about it that are hard. But at the same time, it's so rewarding. So yes, people will look at you like you wear a cape. So I mean, there's that. I guess that's a positive. But on the flip side, I don't really like that notion because I just don't like how it categorizes moms with you know more kids as being superior or you know, more, I don't know, better moms. I don't know if that's the right term for this, but it's not a great way to look at it, but they will put you on a pedestal because you are keeping alive more children, I guess is the be all and end all of that. Another positive or high of four kids is a big bed. So if you've been thinking about, you know, you really want to get a bigger bed, you really want that king size bed, you want to upgrade, but Uh, You can't justify it. Have four kids. Have three kids even. When we had our third, we needed a bigger bed. You know, at some point, all the kids are going to be in that bed. Whether you choose not to share beds, co-sleep, whatever you're wanting to call it, we didn't do any of that, but we still needed the big bed. So, At some point or another, you're going to have kids crawling into bed with you. You're going to have everyone wanting to sit in there at some point. So get yourself a nice big bed that like you feel like you have a different postal code on one side than the other. It's a good, it's a good investment if you're going to have a big family or if you're not going to have a big family. I mean, treat yourself to a king size bed. You won't regret that decision unless it doesn't fit in your room, I guess. Coffee. Okay. One of the highs of having four kids is I have a good excuse for the amount of coffee that I drink. So I love my caffeine and I love coffee. And anyone who knows me knows I'm always up for a coffee date. But having four kids easily justifies that. If someone, you know, starts to think, oh, wow, you've had three cups of coffee this morning. I just say, yeah, I have four kids. And immediately, it's I'm not judged anymore for some strange reason. (laughs) So coffee. I guess if you need to justify your caffeine intake, have more kids. So another thing that is a high is, you know, if you're having a big family and, you know, they're fairly close together, you're going through similar stages. So when it comes to 
you know, the different toys and different, you know, equipment that you have, you're not putting it away or selling it, you're kind of rotating it and using it right away again. So in September here, you know, in the fall, we're going to have two, four, six, and eight in our house for a couple months until our daughter turns seven in November. I think this span is kind of neat when I look at it from a numbers perspective. And we've kind of, we have kind of been, you know, shuffling through the baby stuff went, you know, one to the next, you know, we had to upgrade a few things along the way, but overall, like we've kept, you know, the similar stages fairly close together. So we were, things were fresh in our mind when we went from, you know, a teething baby to the next teething baby, which I guess that should really be on my low list. I don't even think I put that on this list, teething, my word. But anyways, it's just going through similar stages, you're kind of fresh in your mind. And I think that is a plus when it comes to having multiple kids. Another plus has to do with your your thought and your attitude. You care way less about what other people think about your parenting style by the time you get to number four. There, I noticed in myself a personality shift. Not so much my husband. He's fairly easygoing, um, kind of rolls with the punches. We balance each other out. I have anxiety and I am very, you know, aware of what people think. But this has shifted so much in regards to my parenting style because I, I can't care about what everyone thinks about how I parent my kids. You just, you can't. You've learned to just roll things off. You know, in general, I've learned to like make like Elsa and just let things go. Things like, let's see, things like letting them pick their own outfits. My kids don't match most of the days. They're wearing two different patterns. They're, you know, dressed a bit ridiculously. And you know what used to bother me when we go in public and, you know, my kids didn't look like they were out of a magazine or these perfect Instagram models. But you know what? It's one of those things when you have four kids, you got to let things go. It's not worth the fight for me to hold them down and dress them in that Pinterest perfect outfit. It also lets them, you know, their personality come out. It lets them, you know, pick their outfits. And, you know, kids don't have control over a lot of things in their lives. We control everything for those kids from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed. So I think it's important when we can to let them make some decisions. It develops independence. It gives them a sense of ownership. They're proud that they picked out those that outfit, even though it looks like crap together. They're proud that they picked out that skirt and sweatpants. Like, I mean, my daughter is proud of that. You know, you've got to learn to let some things go. And this also ties into my house and the cleaning. I like a clean house. I like to have my house fairly clean. But with four kids, it's nearly impossible. And I'm at the point now where I'm having to let go of that notion. You know, I like to start with a clean house and end with a clean house as much as possible. There's always going to be some things that just don't get done, but I could just spend all day. Like, and some days I do like follow them around and just clean up messes because it's just bothering me, but it's just not a good way to live. With four kids, it's always a mess. You have to adjust your expectations about what your house is going to look like. You know, I find, and as a plus, I'm learning how to just pick my battles, roll with the punches. It's helping my personality to combat anxiety a little bit, if that makes sense. Having four kids is helping with my anxiety in some some fashion, I guess. Another plus about four kids is I navigate through apps of ordering food and drive-thrus like it is my professional job. Trust me, you don't want me unnecessarily bringing all of my kids into your business. I work a drive-through like none other. 
you know, another plus is there's always extra hands for helping with things, which can also be a negative. But I also have, I always, there's always helpers in the kitchen. If I say the words, I'm baking cookies, I will have, you know, at least one, two, three, maybe all of them, four of them in the kitchen to help with cookies. They'll help with flowers in the yard. They like to go shopping at this point. You know, there's always extra hands for helping me, for carrying in groceries, for doing different things, which I do appreciate. With four kids, I also think that we are instilling a sense of responsibility in our oldest son at a fairly young age. So he he turned eight in April, and we're really teaching him daily how to be helpful with his sisters and how he can be, you know, he can be involved and he can take on some of the responsibilities of helping us, you know, get out the door in a timely manner or, you know, helping grab a snack or helping change his sister. And you know what? It will ultimately reflect in his work ethic down the road. He is involved. He takes ownership and sometimes too much because he does like to parent his sisters, which is something we are working on. But I think just having the four kids, it's naturally just helping our oldest and even our daughter Scarlett to learn a sense of responsibility when it comes to being helpful with the family because we just need all hands on deck sometimes. And you know, another thing, when when you have a big family, when you have four kids, there's just so much love. You know, and I notice this particularly when it comes to Mother's Day. So, you know, all the crazy, like, crafts you say you love, but they're pretty ugly. (laughs) I got so many of them, and they're so excited to give them to you, and they're so excited to tell you they love you and why they love you, and, you know, there's just so much love in our home. Yes, there's fighting. Yes, it's loud. It's chaotic, but there is so much love always. Now, let's touch on some of the lows of four kids. (laughs) So there is a list. Let's start it off with sickness. So sickness sucks. Four kids, it's dominoes. They're all going to get sick. I've actually talked to some moms with bigger families and they embrace them all getting sick at the same time. I don't love that mentality, but it seems to happen anyways. You know, the germ factories, the kids all touch things and drink from the same cups and whatever. So when they're sick, it sucks, especially if they have stomach bugs and you've got, you know, four kids with diarrhea and puking at the same time. It's awesome. It's really not awesome. (laughs) Another thing, it takes forever to leave the house. And, you know, when you've got, especially if you've got um, a baby and you're potty training a toddler and you're, you need so much stuff. It tends to, because of the notion of needing so much stuff, you tend to become a homebody just because the idea of packing everything up and the amount of time it takes to leave, you're like, I might as well just stay home. As a mom of four, I'm never alone, but there are so many times that it's lonely. Now, let me explain that to you. So in my house, I am always with someone. So there's always, you know, kids around yeah, there is. But oftentimes it's lonely because their lack of adult interaction. Even when my husband gets home, he's pulled in directions from the kids and, you know, he's trying to unwind. And, you know, you're just, 
you're just not having that adult interaction. So it can feel very lonely throughout the day when you're here just involved with four kids. And I really felt that during this pandemic, that the need for adult conversation is so fierce. And I feel like so many moms have felt that now that they've been kind of at home with their kids more than they might have been previously. The other thing that ties into this is that as a mama four, you're just so busy that sometimes socialization with adults takes a back burner. It's like you so miss this adult interaction and you so need it, but fitting it in is really hard. Moms trying to coordinate schedules is so hard. Someone is always calling for mom, even when dad is standing right beside them. Like I was trying to poop the other day and I was interrupted by each of my four kids for something stupid. Someone always needs you. Like you're never alone. Someone always needs you to do something. The grocery bills are insane. So for kids, you know, even though they're picky eaters, we go through so much snacks, especially during this pandemic. They're home, they snack all the time. And I'm like, what did you do at school? You didn't eat all day at school. Like you ate at lunchtime. Maybe you had a snack at recess, but it's like, When they're home and it is accessible, it is in the house, they're wanting to eat all the time. So like Costco knows this pretty well. Like we're probably on a first name basis with the greeters at Costco. And that's the other funny part when it came to, to Costco, my husband at the beginning of the pandemic, he did, you know, these Costco trips because I can't handle Costco on the, like I hate Costco on the best days because it's just my anxiety gets me there for whatever reason. But like he's getting a regular lot of stuff from Costco and people think he's hoarding because he's buying our regular lot. But it's like, no, 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 we have four kids. It's all good. This is our regular. We're not hoarding. We're not, you know, panic buying. This is what we buy on a regular Costco trip. (laughs) Our laundry is insane. And some of you may have seen my Instagram post about my mountains of laundry and feeling like I am going to find who I really am buried under the laundry one day. This is kind of my running joke that this is going to be the title for my book one day when I write a book. It's going to be about finding myself and who I am outside of being a mom under that pile of laundry. Because so often I feel like as moms, we define ourselves by petty things in our home. Like I am a laundry lady, like especially during times when potty training is sucking or when our kids are sick, there's so much laundry. Like I did over 20 loads of laundry the other weekend. Like it's insane. And it's just one of those things that we're kind of accustomed to now. I don't know. It's crazy. And I'm sure like once our kids are older, it'll be super weird when the laundry starts to lessen. I don't know. Another thing that is really, really prevalent in our life is trips. We limit our trips, our vacation time, our excursions away from home just because of logistics and costs. So taking four kids on an airplane, all of the stuff we would have to bring, the cost of that, it's just crazy. So, you know, we may have to get, as the kids get older, get more creative in the types of trips that we take um, and the experiences that we create for our kids. We'll probably do a lot more car road trips than flying places. Just be different. And, you know, I think we can still make the best of that, even if we're not flying to exotic destinations with our kids. Now, 
I talked a little bit about the volume level. So it is always loud. If you have four kids, someone is always screaming. Someone is always crying. It is going to be loud. And you are constantly commenting on the volume level. Like you're yelling all the time and it's not because you're mad. It's because you want to be heard. Like I feel like a psychopath because I yell a lot, but it's just my house is so loud. I have to be heard over all of these voices. Lack of sleep. Okay. So it comes in phases because, you know, there can be a week where all my kids sleep through the night and I get great sleep. And then there can be weeks where they're each doing something different. So whether one of them is sick, one of them is teething, one of them is having nightmares, like one of them is peeing the bed, like you can have, it seems like all that happens at once. So I really appreciate when I have good weeks where I'm getting sleep because there are so many nights when it just all, you know, piles on and I don't get any sleep. (laughs) So in addition to that, when it comes to the kids' lack of sleep, I find as a mom of four, sometimes I can't shut down. So it might not necessarily be the kids waking up and preventing me from sleeping. It's the fact that I'm spinning. And like most moms know what this is about. So, you know, you're lying in bed and your to-do lists are flipping through your brain and what I need to do tomorrow and where I need to drive and the errands and what I need to pick up and who has who has what activity that night and who's going to cook supper and you're spinning all these things and here your husband next to you he's fast asleep because he isn't thinking about all of those things sometimes I wish I had the brain of a man for that simple reason like I just don't get how they can just shut off and go to sleep I don't sometimes I really do wish that I had that capability and oh Uh, Let's just talk about the appointments because as a mom of four, I feel like, well, this pandemic in some sense was a blessing in that department because so many things got canceled. But you think about it, especially when your kids are young, you've got your doctor's appointments frequently for all of those checkups. You've got your immunizations. You've got, you know, with my kids, um, we have lots of eye appointments just because my oldest two have glasses and have had vision problems, we were seeing eye specialists for my older two kids. So my son had been seeing an eye specialist um, from the time he was six months old until the time he was seven. And these appointments are every six months. And then my daughter started seeing, and then, you know, you were supposed to have regular optometrist appointments on top of that. And then you have dentist appointments and it's like, boom, boom, boom. It's like a train wreck. Like you're always going to appointments. And I always say, like, I joke, like, I don't know how I could hold a regular nine to five job and have four kids simply because of all the appointments that my kids have to go to. Like, it's crazy. You're just always busy. And if it's not appointments, it's activities. And, you know, I'm not even fully into this stage yet as my kids are still fairly young, but we were starting to feel this chaos build in the fall. So we had our son in hockey and, you know, that was two to three times a week he was playing hockey. We had um, two kids in gymnastics and that was just rec gymnastics. We are starting now, um, our oldest daughter is starting into do developmental um, gymnastics to work towards doing competition. And so she's more frequently going to be at the gym and, you know, she loves it and that's great. It's just one more thing. And then, you know, I've got two other daughters. So it's just like, I know when all four are fully in activities, we're just going to be running in different directions. It's to the point already where I have color coded our calendar with different color highlighters just so I can keep things straight. And you know what? I still mess things up. I still miss things. I still fail to show up at something because I forgot. And 
I fail miserably, but you know what? I'm a human being. I'm trying to keep all of this straight for everyone. And sometimes I fall flat. And this is where letting it go and learning that, you know what? It happens. I am going to fail. I'm going to forget something. I'm a human and I have to accept that. (laughs) In our home, things get broken. Things get wrecked frequently. And I feel like we need to maybe start a savings account just to have a surplus fund for fixing all of the crap that the kids break or wreck. Like it seems like every day my husband comes home and something else is broken or wrecked or colored on that doesn't come off or like it's just endless. I feel like he one time started breaking it down just to see how many hours he has to work to fix all the things that he, the kids broke. Like that is to the point where we are. The endless cleaning in this home, and I kind of touched on this earlier, but it's just, it just doesn't end. Things from, you know, when you go to change sheets, it's like, okay, well, we have, you know, there's four kids' beds that need to be changed and washed all of those linens. And you think, okay, well, the bathrooms need to be clean. And then five seconds later, there's pee all over the toilet. And, you know, I've got, I've got three kids that are potty training. And if you're not familiar with a, you're like, wow, one of her kids is still potty training. That's older. You need to go back and listen to my potty training podcast. Um, so my three girls are still dealing with accidents. My youngest is only two. So we're just kind of in the starting that with her. So, you know, there are times when we've got pee and poop and pee and poop all over the carpets. So thankfully we own a carpet cleaner, (laughs) but like, you're just always cleaning. I could spend 24 hours a day cleaning and my house still wouldn't be clean. But again, as I said, it comes with learning to let it go and, you know, picking your battles and cleaning what is necessary to clean and knowing at the end of the day, not everything is going to get done and that the kids will still survive if the bathroom waits a day. So another thing is that I find as kind of a frustrating low is meal planning is so frustrating, but so necessary. When you think about meal planning, think about if you have two kids and they're both picky eaters and you struggle with that, multiply that times two. So here I've got four kids that, you know, will eat something, but a variation of it, and it's a headache, and you've got one kid who's upset because you didn't make what they wanted, and it's just a madhouse. You need to meal plan because you're busy, and it's important to stay on top of it so you're not constantly eating out or picking up food. But at the same time, it's hard. So I've kind of found a bit of a middle ground. We've started exploring food boxes. And I don't mean food boxes for everyone in our home. I mean food boxes for my husband and I. Because it allows us to eat adult meals that maybe we wouldn't cook otherwise. A, because some of the ingredients, it wouldn't be cost effective to purchase certain spices and different things for one particular recipe. So I find we try so many different things just because it's a meal box and all the ingredients are there. B, it also lets us spend time together in the kitchen. So it's kind of like a date night for us. We enjoy prepping them together. We kind of take turns doing things and it's just gives us like a, a, you know, quick and quality meal. So it's something we wouldn't typically make, which I appreciate. And is kind of tied into my meal planning because we're busy and I need to have something quick that we can still enjoy and still be eating a quality, healthy meal. Another thing on my list is that with a big family, you have to get used to strangers giving you their opinions of your family size. Everyone, when they do a head count and they see how many kids you have, 
they're going to be saying things to you like, oh, you do know how this happens, right, dear? Oh, you must be busy, uh, you think? Oh, dear, you have your hands so full. Yes, yes, I do. You kind of have to get used to hearing those kinds of things in public because everyone seems to feel the need to tell you their opinion of your family size. With a big family, you will go through a lot of milk. And I say this simply because when you have kids transitioning from breast milk or formula to to cow's milk, and then you've got kids still eating cereal, like I find we usually have three jugs of milk in the fridge. And we have two fridges, so we have room for this. Yes, we have two fridges. If you have a big family, you're probably going to need a second fridge too. And we have a stand-up deep freeze in the basement. We bulk shop. It's a thing. we got a fridge for condiments, basically. It's ridiculous. But anyways, you need a lot of milk. It's crazy. Like things you just don't think of. So another thing that's really a struggle for me, I find with the big family, is one-on-one time is really hard. But honestly, it's so important. So finding time to be one-on-one with your kids. Because if you don't, I find the behavior gets out of control and the attitude because they're just trying to be hurt. They're trying to be seen. So they act out in an attempt to get your attention. And one thing I've learned when it comes to one-on-one time with my kids is that quality over quantity is the best way to go. We can't always, you know, I can't take my daughter each out one at a time for an entire day out with them. But I try and find things to do that are quality, things that, you know, they will remember rather than, you know, hours and hours on end with one child because it's just not practical. Another thing, oh man, that's daunting us right now is, you know, a vehicle. So when you have four kids, you need a big vehicle. It just is what it is. It's, you have to for seating and storage. Your vehicle will always be filled with goldfish, french fries, Fruit Loops, Mm, some stuck fruit snacks, just whatever remnants you had from the drive-through. So you kind of have to get used to that. And for my husband, that's been a big struggle. He cleans our vehicle frequently, but the kids are always snacking. His solution is we're not going to have snacks in the car anymore. That lasts like maybe a day, maybe until I feed the kids snacks again, because happiness on car trips and car errands is more important to me than goldfish on the floor. I do, I must say though, I do not like the snacks in the car seats. Mm. Like when I'm putting the kid in, if there's like Fruit Loops and Goldfish stuck in their seat, I'm brushing that stuff out. Like I, there's something about that that I don't like, but I think I'm more immune to the whole snacks on the floor thing than my husband is. So we are at the point with our, so we have a big SUV. So we have a Nissan Armada. And it's getting up there. So it's got nearly 300,000 kilometers on it. So we're kind of at the point now, we're crossroad, where we're either going to be dumping money into it for maintenance or we're going to be looking to upgrade to something newer. And we've had the conversations about this and we know like it's in the, <laughs> it's in the not too far our future where we have to make this decision. And the M word, the minivan word has been thrown around a few times recently. And I'm not opposed to a minivan. I do prefer my SUV just simply because I like to sit up higher, but the stigma of a minivan doesn't bother me. Like I'm, it is what it is to me. My husband, on the other hand, has always said he would never drive a minivan, but I think he might be warming up to the idea. So who knows? We're going to be facing that decision in the not too distant future, but a vehicle is definitely something 
you will need a big vehicle and it will be hard on gas. It doesn't matter what you do, whether, I mean, a van's obviously better than a giant SUV, but you will spend money on gas. Um, Something a lot of people don't think about is that the body. So for the last almost eight years, my body was either trying to conceive, was pregnant, was postpartum, or was nursing. So just think about that for a second. So my body has been someone else's for the last nearly eight years, I guess more than eight years when we were conceiving our son. So that's a lot when you think about it. You know, you're either trying to get pregnant, you're pregnant, you've got a human inside you, you're recovering from a human, or you're feeding a human. So maybe, you know, if that's something that you, the notion that you struggle with, that might be something to consider in your family size decision. I'm at the point now where I am so grateful to have my body back to be taking care of myself, not to be my body to be anyone else's, if that makes any sense. Another thing to think about is we get less event invitations for our family just because a family of six would take up a lot of a guest list for some of these family parties. And I'm okay with that. Like I'm not, I never get offended if someone just doesn't invite us to something. It is what it is. Like I, I'm not going to get upset if someone doesn't invite us to their two-year-old's birthday party. I really won't. But because I understand I'm a mom, I get how big our family is, <laughs> but just something to consider if you're, you know, if you're easily offended by not being event invited to events, you m- might miss out on some things. Let's talk baby books. So baby books are on my list. The baby books just never get finished. And they serve as a reminder of many things that I have unfinished as a mom of four kids. So I'm staring at them right now. They're in my office in a pile. And, you know, I did make a goal, my resolution for 2020 to catch up on my photo printing and to catch up on my baby books to finish them. So we'll see if I follow through on that. For whatever reason, they just don't get done. So my son's, of course, is done first child. Um, My daughter, Scarlett, hers is just missing a few photos, I think. Uh, Lennox is like 50% done and Georgia's, I probably haven't even put her birth story in like, let's be real. So I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like you get busy, you're tired, you put it on the list and put it on the list and gets pushed to the back burner. So, you know, if you're, you take pride in finishing everything four kids might not be for you. <laughs> Another thing that we experience less of is date nights for sure. Logistically, it's just not possible for us to go on as many date nights, maybe as someone with one or two kids. Um, finding fi- family or friends to watch our kids sometimes is nearly impossible. Not everyone is brave enough to watch four kids at once. And we respect that. Um, we do pay for childcare, you know, for date nights and such like that and events like that, but it's just not practical on a one income family to be going out every weekend for date nights. It's just not something that we can do, but we do get creative. So we've had a lot more at home dates. So again, like the food boxes, we do stuff like that where we, you know, we prep food in the kitchen together. Sometimes it's after the kids go to bed, which is nice. Um, we'll have a late supper. Um, you know, we spend time together, you know, on the couch, we, we have shows that we like to watch together. We're finally now finding shows that are common ground. I remember it used to be really difficult for us to watch TV together because we had not a lot of things in common in our TV viewing interests. So now we're at the point where we can enjoy some television together, I guess. So we get creative. We find ways around not necessarily leaving the house for date nights. So you just have to think outside the box sometimes when it comes to 
spending time with your spouse. The last low or negative or con on this list is that I find I'm always calling my kids by the wrong name (laughs) when they're in trouble, particularly I'm like listing off all the names. Lennox is in trouble and I'm like, Scarlett, I'm like, Jackson, Georgia, what's your name? (laughs) Like it just, it's just funny because sometimes you're just like going through the the list and you've got so many kids. So you got a long list to name off. It's definitely something that, you know, that happens frequently. My mind is froggy and it just, just, it happens. (laughs) I'm human. You know, going through all this, all joking aside, are you on the fence about a big family? Are you and your spouse trying to decide if you should or shouldn't add the fourth? Are we done? Are we not done? It's a big decision. But the fact of the matter is adding another child after, if you have three and you're adding a fourth, for us, there wasn't much difference. It's just more of the same thing, if that makes sense. The one to two transition is arguably, you know, the most difficult transitioning quantity of children. And, you know, here's the thing. I nearly lose my crap at least five times a day. I'm a hot mess. Oh my goodness. 90 to 95% of the time from lack of sleep, no personal space, whiny kids. But for the rest of my life, I get to spend time watching these amazing humans grow. And here I am knowing that I played a role in shaping four kids to be kind and compassionate human beings. And that's worth it for me. If you have two kids and you know those moments of pride and joy, they accomplish something, they take their first steps, they ride without training wheels, they go to school for the first time. Those moments that just your heart melts and you just, you know, you're gleaming with pride and joy. And you know what? Those are the moments that I get to experience all the time because we are constantly in new stages with four kids. I can be having the worst day. My emotions and hormones are just running wild. It's just crappy day. And then one of my kids does something that just turns it around in an instant. And it reminds me of the abundance of love that I have for all of these kids. If you want four kids, do it. If you don't, don't judge others who have four kids, five kids, six kids. Raise your family. Don't try to push your family size views on other people. So I want to challenge you. The next time that you see a mom of three, four, five plus kids struggling in a restaurant or a store, don't stare at them. Don't make some ridiculous comment about where babies come from. That's not helpful. I want you to simply look at her. I'm challenging you to just look at her and tell her that she's doing an amazing job. That's it. Just simply look at her. Genuinely look at her. Don't stare rudely. Look at her and say she's doing an amazing job. That may be what she needs to hear in that moment when she is struggling and she feels like she is not enough. I have been there. I have had all four kids in Costco and Walmart and it is tough. It is hard to get through those times. And sometimes you don't have a choice. You have to take kids to those situations. But simply having someone genuinely look at you and care and tell you that you are doing a good job can really brighten your day and help you through that moment. 
This has been Join Your Circus with your host, Sabrina Irvin. Thanks for taking time to tune in and listen to what I have to say. I hope that you took something from today's podcast and that maybe some of the things I have to say change your perspective on four kids. Don't forget to tune in for the rest of season one. We're almost nearing the end of season one. I can't believe it. Season two is in the works for the fall for probably the beginning of October. So stay tuned. Make sure you're following me on Instagram. Join your circus for all kinds of updates and following along with all my crazy family's shenanigans. Thanks for tuning in. Now go find some joy in your circus.